Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. So there we go. Hey, Dog Speed Geeks, here we are this week. We got Gray back this week. Gray, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank hey, you. Hey, friends. Yay, we're so excited. Um, we're actually probably going to ramble a little bit today, but that's all right. We can do that. Um, I know that we have been, and I don't know about you, Gray, because I don't know about all of his clients. Britt does all the, the scheduling, but I've been getting a lot of dogs that are really seeming to have a lot of hyperactivity and the inability to regulate those emotions. And I think that's kind of where I want to at least start this conversation today. Yeah. yeah that, I'm kind of getting the same thing. And it's not just puppies. <clears throat> no. No, I mean, I'm seeing, and we did talk adolescence last week, but I'm seeing it in adult dogs, mid-age dogs. It's kind of across the board, but then we have to look at where does this come from? What do you normally look at when you see a dog that has a little bit of hyperactivity, inability, and maybe I shouldn't say hyperactivity. Maybe I should just say inability to settle. Yeah. Right? What are you seeing? What do you kind of go to first when you're like, hmm, this dog seems to have an inability to settle? What's the first thing you look at? Yeah. Well, hopefully hopefully you agree with this one, but the first thing I'm looking at is nutrition. Yes. The first thing I'm looking at is the diet. What's the dog putting in their body and what's, you know, what's causing this dog to not be able to regulate that energy so nutrition food even treats i'm looking at everything that the dogs um the humans are putting into the dog's body yes me too yay look we didn't cool. break this down into numbers but i think this we might need to i do i look at nutrition and i want to make sure that we're on a good food obviously not high in carbs good protein sometimes a calming protein may be needed uh, but yeah nutrition is definitely top thing i look at um, the second thing I'll go first, the second thing I'll probably look at, uh, which is something I've already kind of looked at once I've walked into the house, I'm looking at the environment. Um, yeah. what is the energy level of the environment, right? If, if I see, even if I'm just meeting with say the parents, but I see kids toys everywhere, yeah. then you can know that the energy level in that house may be way up, that the kids aren't just regulated to one playroom. 
right? Their yeah. whole house may be a a playhouse. Yeah. So the whole yeah the whole house is just let's go play. Yeah. Right. And so it's like all right. So what's the energy level of the house um, throughout the day? Right. You know, it's it's a it, we're getting I'm getting a a person and we're getting a lot of clients that have dogs that have some issues that do have kids that are coming in and out. And I think that what's what's happening is a lot of these people don't realize that their dog has have a lot of these issues until now their kids are grown a little bit and now they're having friends come over. Yeah. And when the friends come over, the dog is all over the place or maybe it's not doing well with kids. Um, but I think that's that's really one big thing I look at is the environment. Um, and of course, if I walk in, it's there's no kids. It's an older couple. It's a quiet. All right. So I look at an environment and I see that the environment's not an issue. What do yeah. you think on that? No, I, I agree totally with that is when you look at kind of what well, environment they're they're living in, um, that's going to affect a lot of a lot of stuff. I mean, if I'm living in a household that's constantly have things moving around, it's kind of hard to be able to, to have downtime to yourself to relax. I mean, I'm one of those people that I need to be. I like to be alone for a little bit. I don't like yeah. to be with people 24 seven. I know a lot of my friends do, but if I was, you know, I, I, living in a house in college, I had four roommates and I didn't have time to myself ever. I was, it was awful. Right. So like, I know that dogs might be a little different, but at the same time, these dogs need a chance to decompress and kind of have their alone time as well. And without that, I feel like they're constantly kind of staying at that, heightened state of just uh, like you know? always on yeah right it's like it's light like switch is always on the light switch is already on. that's a good yeah. that's a really good analogy to put on there that the light switch is always on and and so i get a lot of people say well but he naps on the he naps on the couch all day no he may lay there on the couch all day but is he really napping probably not because how many times do you walk through the living room yeah. Right. And actually, that's a question I get. And if you don't mind answering this one, that, that's a question I get a lot from clients is, how do I know my dog is getting enough sleep? How do I know my dog is actually sleeping deeply when he is laying down? Oh, that's a good question. Um, typically, if you have, um, I mean, you can look at the dog and you can see if we're getting some deep breathing, um, some yeah. eye flutters, some, you know, some a little bit of dreams happening. But if if you can walk through a room and your dog just kind of opens the eyes and watches you walk, then obviously we're not sleeping restful. That's kind of what I was thinking. Right. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's and I would I would venture to say that most dogs, unless they are older dogs that have been have had the ability to regulate their emotions in the past, that if you're moving throughout the day and your dog is out and about in the house, they're not resting. Yeah. Period. They're just not. And I might be getting a little ahead. Do you, because I know, you know, my dog's nap time is when I leave and I go to work. Right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the nap time. Do you think, and I will say this, that, you know, a lot of clients that might have these problems, and not all of them, but a lot of clients I see that have these problems, they're home all day. They're working from home all day. Do you feel that it might be more beneficial to kind of get the dog on a schedule, get the dog on a routine? Would that help out with providing that rest? I do because you're right. I think that we've we've seen such a change in environments in the home as people are more home now, mm-hmm. right? They're still kind of working at home remotely. So they're not getting up. They're not going to the office to where the dog has an opportunity to just rest. Yeah. And so I think that having a better schedule 
so that we say, okay, we'll get up at nine and uh, I feed, we walk, we do all those things. All right, I'm going to put my dog down at 11 and I'm going to go put them away somewhere. But I think it also is going to depend on one, age of the dog, mm-hmm. schedule of the dog, schedule of the human, um, and the energy level. So I was talking to one of our clients with group class who has a very, very highly aroused puppy. Very. Um, and I mean, this dog is, and actually I've had a couple of them. They are just all over the place, bouncing constantly. And come to find out is that she homeschools, right? So it's, it's the dog's down maybe in the pen, but it's in kind of the environment to where things are still happening because, you know, kids got to get up. They need water. They need to go to the bathroom. They, there's a lot of talking. There's this, there's that there's, so I think that we're we're thinking that the dogs are resting when they're laying over there because they're not barking, they're not whining, they're not chewing on things, but are they really getting that rest? So when I look at that and I say, okay, then you need to have a plan. You need to have some downtime for this dog. And you, you know, you said it right before we started recording was it's like having a toddler. They, they get tired and they fight it mm-hmm. and then they have problems. Yeah. I've seen kids, they're so tired that they, but they don't want to go to sleep. They start shaking their legs, yep. start tapping, start yep. fidgeting to keep themselves awake. And I, I feel like, why wouldn't that be the same with dogs? Yeah, because they, they don't want to miss out, you know, especially if they're younger and everything's so new. They don't yeah. want to miss out on things. Yeah. And that fidgeting could be chewing, could be running around, puppy zoomies, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, and I do think that. If we can get our dogs on a schedule, not a, not necessarily a schedule that has to be the same time every day. I know realistically, I, not at 10 o'clock every day, my dog's going to go down for an out because right. I don't even know what I'm doing every day at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Sometimes I'm still in bed. Nobody judge me. Okay. <laughs> when you can, when you can see one o'clock in the morning, almost every night because you work till nine or 10, then you can judge me. But sometimes I'm still in bed at 10 and, um, you know, so it's not always the same, but it's just knowing that, okay, this is what, this is what I have going on today and I need to, to plan downtime for my dog and quiet time for my dog. And, and I would say that even if you don't think your dog needs it, you, you probably still need to do it because more than likely your dog probably does still need it. Yeah. Um, I also want people to see that. Let's say you have a younger dog and it's quiet through most of the day and you're working from home, but it's quiet most of the day and the dog's kind of hanging out. And then, you know, later that night when your kids come home from school, they're going to have friends over. Well, that is if we know that your dog's going to be around a bunch of kids, then we definitely need to make sure they're somewhere quiet to help prepare the brain to function during that high arousal moment. It's like, we got to let that cup drain. Okay, yeah. Right, don't have, I think a lot of people, especially on weekends, try to take their dogs out to the the fair and we're, we're walking in the park and we're doing all these things. And then they do that to tire the dog out because they're having company that night. That dog is not going to be rested for that company. Yeah. That dog's going to be worked up. That's like taking a kid to the park, playing sports, running around, and then taking them out to, I don't know, dinner that night right. and expecting them to not, you know, expecting them to have great manners and be right. fantastic. Yep. We went through the park and we played. They should be good and tired, so they should be well-mannered. Mm. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm good and tired, 
I don't have good manners. I was just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit of an asshole when I get really tired. Yeah. I'm I'm a lot more rude. Yeah. Right? I mean, it. we just, your fuse is so much shorter. And, you know, we're kids, we can look at and we can say, okay, you're really sleepy. Or we see some of their behavior and we go, okay, you need a nap, buddy. Right? With dogs, I think that we don't look at it that way. I think most people look and go, oh, my dog's just being bad. Yeah. My dog's being an asshole. He's a puppy. He's a puppy. Yeah. He's just doing this. He's just doing that. Or he's being, you know, my favorite is he's mad at me because I left him. Yeah. <laughs> if I never heard that one again, I'd be okay. Um, dogs are not manipulative. That's why we love dogs because they're not like humans. They're not assholes like we are. Um, so... So I do think that we need to look at our dogs to say, all right, what's really going on here? Is this really a bad behavior? Is this a learned behavior? Is this the dog's just tired? Did I meet the needs? Is the dog bored? What is he frustrated? But trying to get them tired before putting them in something that's a high arousal. Uh, and I'll, people do that all the time at class. Yeah. They'll come to class early. I just and they'll ran. walk the dog. Yeah. yeah. Or I just took him to the dog park before we came to class so he would be good. I I don't, he doesn't have any capacity left to learn, even though with our classes, it's more about the human, but he has no capacity to learn because he's too tired. Yeah. And then if we're not fueling the body right with nutrition. Yeah. So in that scenario that, let's say you're having friends over, the kids are having friends over, I understand not, you know, not physically, you know, exerting them, but you suggest probably mental enrichment, uh, decompression with like snuffle mat, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I would say some mental, definitely some enrichment, but I would, I would really plan on making sure my dog had a really good nap, you know, several hours prior to the event. And I think that not just napping on the couch, napping, um, you know, and if they're, if their crate is in the living room and you're putting them in a crate for a nap, they're not getting rest if it's in the living room. Cool. That was my next question. Right? Yeah. So it's like you got to look at location. So, so all right. So let's, yeah, let's get into that of what do we look at when we're thinking rest time? Okay. Yeah. First, having a location to where it's not busy. So um, a separate bedroom, your bedroom, if you're not going into it a lot, but don't recommend the living room. Don't recommend the kitchen. Don't re- recommend the laundry room if you're doing laundry. <laughs> Uh, because the sound of the of the dryer, the sound of the washing machine, even if it's a quiet washing machine, which I do not own, it is a loud washing machine, it can still be loud to the dog because they're hearing at a different frequency. Yeah. So that could be not good rest there. Yeah. If you have it sitting at the window in the front of the house where the dog is watching all the trucks and cars and dogs and bikes go by, they're probably not resting. Probably not. Right? Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean you need to cover up the crate or, you know, isolate it to a closet, but we definitely need somewhere quiet for yeah. sure. And then um, I think for as, as long as uh, we understand what our dog needs, that that can give us an idea as far as time. I'm going to probably give a puppy a lot more downtime than, say, a, a one-year-old Maybe it's only an hour nap compared to like two. And uh, and I'm going to set it up to where I want the dog to be, and I'll, I need to probably be careful using this word, but being triggered <laughs> to go to sleep. Because um, I'm right this moment, not thinking a better word. What I mean by that is making the brain 
aware that it's time to go to sleep. It's time to rest. You know, when it gets dark, our circadian rhythm, it, it's mm-hmm. all set up for that, right? Well, because I am a night owl, when it gets dark and later, it doesn't necessarily make me sleepy because I am a night owl. However, because the only time I get to read fiction is right at bedtime, I'll usually read my fiction at bedtime, which then makes me sleepy. Yeah. So what ends up happening, if I try to read a book on the weekend during the day, because I really want to read this book and I'm reading and I'm enjoying, all of a sudden my brain goes, oh, it must be bedtime. So my brain kicks into gear and starts releasing that melatonin, serotonin, and now I'm like, I need a nap. Yeah. And I typically have to have a nap. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> right? I like that. So what can we do to do that with our dogs? Now, with Myers, bless him, when he was a puppy, um, when we would go to sleep, uh, typically I was listening at that time, I was into a lot of audiobooks and podcasts, which I still do, but um, I would turn that on and I would tell him night, night, and I would do whatever while we're both falling asleep with the podcast or audiobook going. So when he was a little bit older and I'd put him down for a nap in the bedroom during the day, because we were here, I would put on a podcast <laughs> or an audiobook for him. So, <laughs> so it would trigger him that, oh, this is nighttime. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think finding something to do with your dog for that yeah. would be really good. I think that's a great idea. Right. That's a great idea. Um, and then, so if you could have the same location, maybe putting on a little jazz, a little classical music, spray a little lavender spray in the room. I think that music definitely helps a lot too. I, I think especially for people that do work from home, it, they stand up, go to the fridge, go, you know, do whatever. Yep. That little noise that, oh, what's yep. going on? Yeah. I think that little bit of music yeah. can help. Or even it, just white know. noise. Yeah. Right. Just white noise. And, and it's so easy to do that because you can buy very cheap um pieces of I don't want to say pieces of equipment uh white noise makers yeah. white noise machines and um and it's really doable you can take a bluetooth speaker go on youtube find there's tons and tons and tons of stuff on youtube that you can find see yeah that. you're 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 a youtube lover yeah yeah um but yeah you're right i mean it's i just think that cuz as much as people think they sit all day and they're in the office all day, no, they're getting up and they're going to the bathroom. They're getting up and going to the kitchen and they're mm-hmm. making all that noise. They're going to check making the mail. Making phone calls. Making yeah. phone calls, right? So for the dog, it's always like, ooh, what's happening now? Mm-hmm. Ooh, what's happening now? Ooh, what's happening now? They're standing up. I must be going outside now. Right. They must be coming to get me. Are yeah. they coming to get me? I want them to come get me, right? And that also brings me to the fact that with this is more related to puppies, people that are home all day long and people that aren't home all day long, we tend to take those puppies out every hour on the hour or every two hours. So the dog's really not getting a nap either with that scenario either. Correct. So that's, and, and honestly, giving them some downtime will help with that housebreaking. Absolutely. And it's going to help them hold that bladder in a little bit longer. Um, Absolutely. Have a nap. You know, it's funny you brought that up because I've, I always told people many years ago before so much remote working at home, um, it's actually harder to housebreak a puppy when you work from home. Always. Right? Always. Because if you're gone, the dog has no choice but to be in that crate three to four hours. We recommend you have a you know, a pet sitter, dog walk, or some to let a puppy out. But yeah, when you're at home, you tend to overdo it. Yeah. And the dog's like getting to go out all the time and not really learning how to hold it. Yeah. 
He's looking at me a certain way. I think I need to take him. I think him I need now. to take him. I mean, yeah. it's only been 45 minutes, but I think I need to take him. Yeah. So, so I think that if we just start looking at our dogs as individuals on what, what their needs are, but also understanding that just because they're tired doesn't mean they're necessarily going to go take a nap. They're not that, um, they're not that adult yet, right? I mean, you're looking at adult two, two and a half years old. They're still trying to figure this life out. And um, and with their schedules being different almost every day, and even if that's a small schedule change, even if you do work from home, um, it, it affects them. And it affects kind of um, their system. And, and they're not going to do well. And when they're tired, oh, my God. Yeah. Tell us some of the things that you're seeing when you see a dog that gets tired. And you brought up some of the puppy stuff. But... Give me some things that you've seen with some dogs or client dogs that you look at and go, mm, I don't think this dog's resting well. Yeah. Um, if I have a dog who I know likes to chew on things, a lot of times when I see that dog maybe is a little over overstimulated or is needs a nap, you know, is just exhausted, I'll see that chewing come out. I'll see the biting come out on things that the dog normally hasn't bit, bitten, like pillows and carpet, and then also on myself and the owner. Um, that's that's a big one, I think. And that's also for puppies as well. But I've seen that more with some older dogs recently. Um, of course, you had the zoomies, more for puppies. Um, Let me go back to that chewing real quick, mm-hmm. because that reminds me, I had a client last week that we're really working hard with helping this dog regulate emotions. And it's a pit bull. Violet, if you're listening, love you, baby girl. She's working with Dr. North as well as doing behavior stuff. And we're trying to, because she doesn't know how to go and put herself to rest when she gets worked up, I'm having them separate her from the excitement. So like they have a lot of company come over, um, usually outside and she'll get out and she runs and plays and, and has a good time. But when she gets worked up, she starts grabbing things, biting things, mm. doing that. Well, they were putting her in the house and she would go grab a bone, lay down and chew on the bone. And then they'd let her back out 15, 20 minutes later. And it really wouldn't be that much better. When I was over there the other day, I noticed she'd gotten worked up, but she's much better. She's actually going to her crate and laying down some. So All she's right. doing much, much better. But the other day, she got a little worked up while I was there. Not as bad as she normally does, but then she started to really kind of get into things. And her biggest thing is she's a she licks the couch and like licks and licks and like just will, clean it and will try to bite you if you try to remove her. I mean, it's oh. it's a very worked up pilot. I know, right? Uh, she's doing much much better though. Um, but I watched her chew on that bone, and it was not a relaxing chew. It was very intense. It was hard. There was a lot of drool. Her her eyes were dilated, and, and she was just like really into it. And then she would get up to do something else, and she just she was still worked up. And it, I, I realized that was not calming her. That was actually working her up. So where we thought going over to her bed and chewing on her bone was her decompressing, it was not. Interesting. Yeah, so I had to say, okay, that's no longer a calming that's that's not calming anymore. So we have to go put her in her crate um, and say, you need a 15 to 20 minute. And we did that. And she came back out and we worked on some drop it's and leave it's and she did phenomenal. Um, but it was just, so when we look at something like chewing, yeah. even if it's a, say a bin of bone, 
that it's not like the pillow, could it be relaxing the dog or could it still be working that dog up if they have an oral fixation to where, right? So something yeah. to... Something about, yeah, I think it's going to be a case-by-case thing, I think. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, and that's why we have to always yeah, look at things over and over and over again. And one of the things I made them do was kind of journal when she would get worked up, what was happening prior to that, what was happening after that, how long did it take to get her calm and things like that. Because when you do that over time, and I've been working with them for, gosh, I don't know, six, eight months, something like that. Um, and But over time, you start putting that stuff together, you start seeing more. But of course, as she gets better, she has to figure out new ways to calm herself because she's never been able to self-regulate. But getting her nutrition, getting acupuncture, um, working with Dr. North with some herbs, um, she's really coming along. And now the behavior modification that we're doing is working better because we've gotten the inner workings working better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so sorry, but bringing up that chewing part, I just remind remembered that, um, yeah, she was very intense on that chewing. Hmm. But I know that like some dogs, like Myers was over here chewing on the antler and he's now sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> so... Chewing for him. I think, and not, I mean, I think both my dogs are a little different with that. I think mm-hmm. my Border Collie, I think, I don't really think his chewing is calming. I think that's, I think that honestly works him up a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, it's not every time he uses it as a pacifier sometimes, but I think a lot of times too that chewing is <laughs> him trying to work through frustration, but it's not, it's not helping him. It, right. It's, it's just making it, it's, well, think about it. if you're chewing, if you have a dog who's chewing on a harder bone, mm-hmm. you're not getting, uh, not me, the dog's really not getting a huge reward immediately as if they're doing something like a trachea. If they're yeah. chewing on like a trachea or a bully stick, they're probably going to be getting a little bit more reward that can help satisfy that. You're getting that crunch, you're getting right? stuff that you're getting But the something food, hard, yeah. yeah, could it be frustrating because now I can't even get relief from that yeah. because I'm, I can't get any reward from it. That the chewing itself in that moment isn't the reward. It's whatever you're getting from the chewing that you're ingesting. (laughs) That one's kind of... Y'all can rewind and listen to that one again a couple of times to make sense for that. It made sense in my head. It did. (laughs) Make it make sense. Yeah. Well, think of it this way. I guess it would be like um, eating for like a human. I don't want to, if I need something... I'm going to, if I need some relaxation with food, I'm going to go to something like a piece of chocolate that I can chew and ingest and it gets in my system. Mentally, it's there. I'm not going to get a jawbreaker that I have to sit there and, you know, suck on for forever, right? Before I can get any type of, uh, I am done on that one. <laughs> next I'm not even going next to, example. Next example. Or I guess a piece of gum. I, I don't know. You're not getting really getting satisfaction. <laughs> yeah. Brittany, right now, when, when she re- listens to this, she's going to be like, oh my God, I cannot leave y'all to, <laughs> to record alone. Brittany, like we need you for the next one. I mean, this is bad. Um, but no, I mean, it, it really is. We have to do, we have to look at the dog individually for sure. Um, but I, but you're right. I think that a lot of times they are going to chew on things that are not typically normal but there's an, that's another brings up another one is excessive grooming yeah i was going to bring that one up too and you know is that just licking paws or is that is that kind of 
I think it could be um, licking paws, licking legs, okay. um, flank sucking, um, which is actually can be a compulsive disorder, which we're going to have that episode here in a couple weeks. But um, yeah, I think that, it, and also excessive just licking in general could be licking carpet, licking furniture, um, like Violet was going mm. to the couch. You could, she was very obvious it wasn't like she was just laying there relaxed and the couch is there. No, she would get worked up and she'd go to the back of the couch and then she'd open that mouth really wide and just start going to town on it. Huh. Um, and when you'd go to try to move her from it, a lot of growling, a lot of snarling, and then snapping if you didn't, you know, if you weren't able to move her correctly. So I think that any type of that licking. Um, and so I think we'd have to look at also, if you have multiple dogs in the household, could it be one dog is licking the other like in the ears, the face, and excessive grooming on them. Are they doing it to help satisfy something that they're not getting? And could it be kind of out of frustration? See, behavior is a, a funny thing, yeah. right? And you look at each dog individually, and, and a lot of times clients won't tell us little things like that. You have to kind of, kind of poke and prod, and they wonder why, you know... A lot of our first sessions are pretty much all about information gathering. Absolutely. Because it's not as simple as saying, oh, okay, your dog's doing X, Y, and Z, so this is the diagnosis. Yeah. No, it, it's it's a lot deeper. Yeah, and I, and I think one thing, kind of, kind of your point, is people that do have multiple dogs, I think it is important that you do give them individual time so that, one, they understand how to... I guess, handle situations individually so they're not just piggybacking onto their sibling. Yes. Because that, I've seen that a lot, is if you separate one sibling, sure, one of them's fine, but the other one's just like, I don't know what to do with myself. I have no idea what to do. Um, That's kind of unrelated to what we're talking about, but at the same time, it is a little bit related. It, it's, it's we have to make sure that just because one dog is a certain way and, you know, great, doesn't mean the other dog's going to be perfect or the same without that dog around. Exactly. Right? Because you will have them that they will kind of use them as um, a security blanket. Yeah. But also that really, again, brings up another good point. Um, when people have two puppies at the same time and they go put them in the same crate or side by side, are they really resting? Probably not. Right. So again, are we giving individual time of rest? And one pup may need more nap time than the other. Just because they yeah. came from the same place or whatever, or even the, just the same age, does not mean that that their body requires the same amount of something. One may need more. One may be struggling with something else, right? So, you know, same, same with meeting those genetic needs. Um, you know, one may need something different, um, then therefore needs more rest time. It's like, you know, Great Pyrenees, if you look at Great Pyrenees genetically, they're supposed to sleep during the day. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Right? But you've got homeschool kids um, and you've got activity going on and then the dog is not really sleeping during the day. And then so at night, genetically, it's awake and now it needs to do things, but it's forced to go to sleep, but it's not really resting because nighttime is supposed to be guarding. And now we have a Great Pyrenees who's trying to eat the friend's that are coming over to the house because they're frustrated and not getting that restful sleep. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Right. I mean, so yeah. I do, I think, and this is what our podcast is about. I want people to start really understanding that we've got to start looking at our dogs deeper, respecting them as individuals 
and really not just looking at behavior and going, oh, you're being an asshole. I'm going to send you off for training for six weeks. So when you come back, you'll be good. I mean, come on, y'all. You know, we get these dogs because we love them. We want to be their companions. Well, that means we have to step up and be looking deeper. And you and I had this. We we talked about this last time we recorded about being your dog's advocate. But it also starts there at home and understanding that you're the tour guide, you're upper management, you know more. You've got to know when your dog needs some downtime. And whether they want it or not, that's just tough. Yeah. There are times I've put him in the crate and he's like, no. Yeah. And then he barks for a little bit and I'm just like, whatever, man. But I know it's best for you. Yeah, I know it's best for you. Mm-hmm. I am in charge. And now, because um, he was really bad about barking before, and now when I put him in there, if I put him in there right now, he would just go to sleep. Because he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to take a nap. Even though he is laying right here sleeping, it's been really good. if I get up and move, he's going to wake up. Yeah. So that means he's most likely not resting deep. I mean, also we're talking right above exactly. him. Exactly. He's not being really that rested. Yeah. So if I know that he's not that rested, and after we're doing all this, and he's been awake all morning, he's not napped at all. So he's been going since about um, eight. Um, he's laying here, and but I don't think he's resting deep. I mean, he looks pretty good, but I don't think he's resting deep. Now would not be a good time for me to wake him up and go try to train him. Because, um, yeah, he's been awake and he's not had a good nap and he's 10 months. So if I go and try to train him, I'm probably going to get more barking. I'm not going to get the responses that I'm really looking for because he's tired, even though he's laying here. So what you're saying is a tired dog is not a happy dog, but a mentally, nutritionally... uh, genetically <laughs> satisfied dog is a happy dog. I, I don't know. Well, you know, it, people I'm trying say, to come up with cool analogy there didn't work. Right? People all the time say, "Well, a tired dog's a good dog." Yeah. No, that's not true. Yeah. It is not true. A mentally, genetically enriched dog, physical and mental satisfaction. They are satisfied, which means they're going to have satisfactory rest. A dog who is not getting those needs met and not giving that rest are going to be very frustrated and going to have a lot of behavior problems. So this whole, well, you just need to put your dog on a treadmill or you just need to run this dog miles and miles and miles a day. Tired dog's a good dog. No. A, a, a tired dog from physical exercise is one who's increasing their stamina each time you take them and do that. And then those days that you can't go do that because your schedule's changed and you can't give them that four-mile uh, trip – now you're going to have other behavior problems because you didn't satisfy the mental needs. They have all this energy and nothing to do with and it. And nothing to do with yeah, it. No way to regulate that. Exactly. Except for you take them on a long run. I mean, yeah. Think about if you know of anybody in your life that is a runner. Runners, y'all are weird. I'm going to just tell you that. I mean, I, I respect you, whatever. Runners, they always say if you just keep running, you'll get that runner high. And you're almost, you almost become addicted to it. Okay, I never got there. I hate running. I work out, but I hate running. Runners, literally I've had runners, because I've known a lot of them, that will tell me when they can't run, they are not pleasant people. And they will run in whatever weather. It's almost like an addiction. And I think that's what we do to our dogs is that when we give them all this physical exercise, it becomes an addiction where their body needs it. We can't satisfy that. That's gonna come out. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not. It's. It's getting away from my dog expects this to happen, but it's more of my dog craves and almost is addicted to 
doing this in the first place. They yes. almost need this at this point. I've yes. created that kind of need for that physical exercise, which yeah. physical exercise is great, but right. we don't want to but not Yeah, but not to tire them out, especially not to tire them out before you're taking them to a class or to go do something. Yeah. Um, and like if you love to go throw the ball for your dog, great. Don't throw the ball for your dog until he collapses. Yeah. I get that one a lot. Right? You throw the ball five minutes, three to five minutes. It's a break time because when you do that, you're you're basically telling the brain, I need you to stay way up here and I'm going to keep you up there for as long as I can. And the longer your dog stays, the brain stays up there, that's where the new baseline will become and that will become the norm. So it becomes into that kind of addictive state. And when we can't give it to the dog, the dog has no choice but to be frustrated and lash out at other things. And it could be a lot of things. Um, I just think that this isn't talked about enough of rest and and understanding that we have to do a better job at regulating our dogs so that they can learn to regulate themselves. Yeah, it's important. And it, I think it's funny that we do it so well with children. Oh, you, you know, he's cranky. He needs a nap. He needs this. I mean, when you're when you're trying to wear your kids out, do you send them running around the house quite a few <laughs> right. times, right? right? So you know, it, mom and da- mom and dad are having company tonight. So I need you to go run around the block fourteen times right. so that you'll be good and tired. So I, th- I just think it's important <laughs> that we recognize that if it's the same with children, it's I mean, it's very very similar to dogs as well. Yes, and I, I think people need to kind of recognize that that it is really really important. It is so. Um, <clears throat> I'm glad we did this one. This one was just kind yeah. of off the cuff. We got to talking about it, and I was like, let's go record. Yep. Um, because I was going to do the compulsive disorder. We'll get into that. Um, but no, I do. I think that, that is important that, that we need to, to get some scheduled time of rest for your dog. Be smart, y'all, especially if you know you want to take your dog somewhere, um, you know, and it's going to be a busy, say you're taking them Saturday to, um, you know, a, a craft fair. It's getting better weather. We can take our dogs more places. You want to take them to a craft fair on Saturday or a dog fair, whatever. Then don't go wear them out Friday night. And then you have a constant things going on Friday night and they're not getting any rest. You know, make a point to say, okay, well, Friday night then we'll play ball for a few minutes. We're going to do some enrichment. And then we're just going to have a quiet night or you're going to be quiet in your crate resting so that Saturday we're ready to go. And, and yes, your dog's going to have energy, but your dog's going to have the capacity mentally to be responsive and to tap into all those things that hopefully you've taught them on handling environments like that. Boom. I can't follow that. Yeah. You can't follow that. That was it. <laughs> um, any final words that you have for uh, this one? No, I can try to make another bad analogy. Um, oh, you know what? I do it all the time. I mean, I get to talking about like jawbreakers and <laughs> and what I need to relax. No, I, I just think, I just think it's it's important people to recognize that, and also know your dog, right? Yes. Know when your dog is tired. That's important too, because again, uh, oh my dog, you know, they see the dog has all this energy, and we need to go outside and run him, but probably your dog just needs to take a nap. Yeah. For the most part. Right, right. He might not just not be for like, everybody. that I'm ready to go, 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 go. No, maybe he just needs a nap, but he has no way of explaining that because he mm-hmm. doesn't want to miss out. And I mean, and FOMO is a real thing for all of us. I mean, let's be real. Um, and I think especially with dogs because they want to be with us. They want to be a part of things, you know? So yes, know your dog and know when it is appropriate to take them and do things when it's appropriate for downtime, quiet time. And the quality 
of rest is important, right? So not just um, they're laying on the couch. Well, yeah, they're probably laying on the couch, though, but they were disturbed 12 times because of Amazon delivered 14 times just in your neighborhood. Um, and l- luckily, the the two of those times, your dog was drinking water, um, so they weren't barking at the window. But the other times, their eyes are open, and they're looking, and then the mail lady came, and then, um, you know, then they were checking the meter reader. And, I mean, it, y'all just don't understand how busy it can be throughout the day for your dog. It's like trying to take a nap on a park bench. Oh, my God, that was good. Right. See, that was good. You did good on that one. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm going to end it on that one. You're gonna- I'm not going to have any more. <laughs> <laughs> just got to go with your gut, man. Just go with your gut. Um, all right. So, yeah. So, you guys get your dog some rest. Come up with a little um, fun thing that helps kind of trigger the brain into rest. Um, like I do with reading. Uh, if you want to use something like lavender, just put a couple of drops in a water bottle um, and light just, I mean, very, very light. You don't even really want to smell it, but just um, spritz it around. And then that lavender, the smell itself can start to trigger that to say, oh, it's it's rest time. So my body is now going into rest mode. And then as your dog learns, as they become adults, if you teach them how to regulate those emotions and, and have that downtime, then as they become adults, they will be able to do it. They'll be able to say, nope, I need to go rest. Would you... Would you um you know, give them something enriching to do or, or not every time? Not necessarily. No. Um, I think with nap time, if I'm, if I'm saying, all right, you look, you've been up for four hours mm-hmm. and you've been busy. No, we're just going to go take a nap. It's just nap time because yeah. obviously in that four hours, you've done some things. We had enrichment maybe, you know, at breakfast time. So no, typically I'm just going to say, nope, you need a nap. Okay. Yeah. Right, and I think I'm kind of getting in the mindset of, well, since a lot of these dogs are home with their client or with their, um, with their owners all day long, a lot of these dogs aren't normally away from their owner when they are at home. So that brings me to, well, my dog whines and barks when they're in the room. So I guess that would be giving them something enriching to do yeah. when they are away from you so that you know, later on in life when they do need to take a nap, it's you don't have to always do Yeah, that. so you can easily say, okay, positive association when you're not with us. Right. And you go to your crate when we're here. Here's a licky mat. It's going to take you five minutes, and then you can go take a nap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's it's a good way, but um, but yeah, definitely making sure that these dogs are are learning to be alone, learning to rest, um, no matter the age, uh, because like I said, this is not just a puppy problem. I am seeing a lot with my with the behavior cases that I'm working. I am seeing a lot of it, and usually the first thing I have to do is tell people stop giving your dog so much physical exercise. And schedule downtime for your dog. Um, make sure they're in a quiet place, nap time. You just, you have to do it. Um, and that's the only way we're going to be able to help them um, learn how to self-regulate. And um, and especially with the adolescents. I mean, we did the adolescents last week, but especially with the adolescents, these dogs are going through a lot in adolescence. Their brains are really working hard. Their body's working hard. They're going through a lot of changes. They're probably going to need even more nap time than you would think they would, even though they're not going to sleep as much as your really young puppy. Right. So, so. Yeah. Okay. What you got to do, leave the house if you need to. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Go run a couple of errands, go out and get your own exercise. Right. Um, so good. I thought this was good. It was good. I think this was, this is something people really need to hear. And I know this was something that was just coming up a lot, um, in my cases, 
dealing with just and it's and it's going to be a little bit different than decompression itself. It's just more about self regulation. Where decompression is going to come more into things when we talk reactivity. Not that this isn't really decompression. It it can easily be, uh, but it's more just about saying. I know my dog needs to have some downtime, even though it hasn't been that busy of a morning because they won't do it themselves. Yeah. They're busy bodies. Yeah. So, so there you go. That's what I got for you. Um, thanks for coming by and recording this. Yeah, I enjoyed um, it. it. It worked out well because, you know, I, this is actually coming up a lot with my clients too. And I had some questions to ask excellent. as well. So I love that. It worked perfectly. So yeah, yeah, we worked it out. Um, and hopefully Gray will be back on and doing more episodes with us. Um, I am recording with our um, intern tomorrow, and I'm going to, so you guys will get to meet her. Um, we'll put that out probably next week, and you'll get to meet our new intern. Who I say new, she's been with us for almost a year, right? <laughs> but she's going to be really hitting full-time um, come 2023. But she is a former mammal trainer, so it's going to be an episode on dogs and dolphins and dogs the uh, correlation. So nice. it's going to be it's going to be a really fun one. And I'm also super excited. Um, I hadn't even told Gray this yet, but I'm super excited, y'all. I got Dr. Kathy Murphy booked, the neuroscientist, the vet surgeon, the anesthesiologist, the trainer, the the guru of brains and dogs. I am such a nerd. Um, I love listening to everything she does. Um, she's Barking Brains. If y'all want to go ahead and look her up, Barking Brains. Um, I've got her book to record an episode with us in September. So I am beyond excited. Um, I'm I'm so excited about this. We're going to be talking adolescence, uh, but we're going to be talking brains and adolescence. And I have a few questions that I'm going to ask. So I'm really excited about that. And of course, if you guys have any episode uh, request or ideas or questions, um, just reach out to us, info at dogspeak101.com. And also, if you need some help um, from a distance and you can't get to us by car, uh, you can get to us via Zoom. We are available for Zoom consults. And uh, as a reminder, even though you probably heard it at the beginning of the episode, um, our reactive dog workshop is the end of next month. So we, uh, I don't think we have any working spots available, but we do have auditor spots still available. Uh, so if you're local, that's a great way. Um, also, though, because I've gotten a request, um, I am going to do the reactive dog workshop online. Um, so we will be doing, I'm working it out. It won't probably be until 2023. I'm working out how we're going to do this and what this is going to look like. Um, but instead of it being like a weekend workshop, we'll end up doing like a six to eight week. Um, and we'll be doing it all via zoom. So, uh, that is something that I am working on so that you guys that cannot travel. I know we had one listener from California who's like, can you please do it online? Um, because, well, I can't get there. So, but hey, I can travel to California. So if you guys get enough people together, I can come out and do a weekend workshop. I can travel, <laughs> just so you know. Gray and I can come out there and do the workshops. Wherever you guys want us to come to, we can do that. We, yeah. will, we will travel. Um, but yeah, so be looking for that. We have a lot of exciting things coming up. If you are local, coming up 2023 that we're already working on. Um, but yeah, I'm just super excited. Um, and I hope you guys have been enjoying this and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Great. Thanks for coming out, um, stopping by and, and everybody loves to hear from you. Um, and they're excited about all the new videos you're going to be making and putting you know, on. Don't YouTube. talk them up too much right now. Okay. I'm not going to talk about <laughs> too much, but he is, we're going to, we're getting us some equipment and we're going to 
have start having a little bit more fun of social media. We'll do so. the thing. Yeah. Do the thing. Do the thing. All right. I hope you guys have a, well, it's, what day is it? It's Wednesday. Wednesday. All right. Well, great. We'll have a great rest of the week. <laughs>